0: Welcome to The Temple Forum, a podcast from First United Methodist Church in the heart of Chicago. Here we welcome a diversity of voices and conversation about how we live in the world as people of faith.
1: Hello, I'm Jan Engmeyer. We hear endless stories about all the bad things happening in Chicago and the rest of the world, but there are more good stories to tell. A far north neighborhood in Chicago, Rogers Park, has had its share of bad news with many shootings and gang conflicts. But thankfully, there are good people and programs at work trying to help. James and Natalie Crockett are two of those people. They are the co-founders of C247 Fathers Arms Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of children and young adults in the north of Howard community on this installment of the temple forum we welcome Natalie and James Crockett to learn more about this organization and we are so glad to have you here on the temple forum welcome thank
0: you thank you for having us
1: so please tell us about C24/7 fathers arms ministries how did it get started and why that name
0: well uh, first of all you know I I have been uh, I grew up on the south side of chicago and stayway garden projects uh, like right down the street from uh, US Sailor Field, uh, where the Sox play at. And you know what I'm saying? Like uh, back in the uh, the 70s and the 80s, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the gang violence and the drug trade was like through the roof. You know, I remember going to school and seeing uh, some of my my, my uh, classmates, you know what I'm saying? Parents strung out on drugs and like people struggling, you know what I'm saying? Like constant gunfire. I remember a time when my mom had to take our mattress off our beds and put them in a hallway, on the hallway floor, because we sh- she was definitely afraid of bullets flying through the window, hitting one of us and stuff like that. And the, wow. the shooting was happening like almost every day uh, back in those times. And so we moved to the west side of Chicago. I'm gonna try to make this short, to the west side of Chicago. That's where I started getting involved, and engaging gangs. My mom is a diehard Christian, you know what I'm saying? She fasted, she prayed for our children. Uh, I also came up in a single parent home. So my father wasn't present. Um, and so, you know, I grew up in this gang environment, just, just looking for the boy, just want to feel like a part of something or feel value. Uh, so I gravitated towards the uh, the wrong uh, the wrong people. And so I started getting involved with the things they was involved with, gang gang violence, uh, armed robbery, you know what I'm saying, you name it, I experienced it. And then when I was the age 19, I, I got incarcerated and uh, my mom always preached Christ to me. You know what I'm saying? Growing up, we went to church like day and day every day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, so I seen, I seem to walk out of faith and I uh, remember, you know what I'm saying, like going to jail and, you know, I was at a point where like I had, I had went and then I got out and went back and I started questioning, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's my purpose in life? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what kind of life I want to live? And then they, they all brought down to the basics, you know? So I just wanted to get married. I wanted to have kids. I wanted to be able to provide, you know what I mean? So I, I just started to have to answer those real life questions, like where's my life going? So uh, from that point on, you know what I'm saying? I leaned on God, you know what I'm saying? To to provide those answers for me. And then, uh, so I gave my life to Jesus Christ at the age of 19 years old. Uh, wasn't quite living it. You know, I was reading my Bible, uh, I was thirsty for the word of god and i was going to church in prison I, every every time i got a chance and as i would you know i, I pray to god I, I would notice like every prayer that i prayed that he answered him specifically the way i needed him to and i think that was just him showing me that he's there and that he hears me and uh so that strengthened my faith in the lord and then so and to make a long story short i i came home you know, i saying? i got married you know i'm saying i had kids and stuff like that and i was going to church you know what i'm saying like every sunday and going to bible study and just doing the, the normal routines and then you know i start you know and i also struggle with alcohol addiction you know what i am saying, throughout this process and then you know i just got fed up with just living the basic life and start asking god the question like what's the purpose of all the things that i went through and all the things that i suffered in my life like what was the purpose of that like uh, so like, what's, what's your purpose and your plan for all this? this? Uh, and so when I asked him that question through the Holy spirit and through reading word and words of confirmation from men uh, and women that God put in my life, my life was prophesied over. Uh, first of all, that I have the arms of a father, which kind of ties into C 24 seven father Arm ministry. And the C stand for Christ and 24 seven means that it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? This is the way we must live every day. So uh, so just to answer that question. So anyway, you know what I'm saying? And God uh, put on my heart, you know what I'm saying? Like his purpose, which was uh, uh, evangelism, basically. So community outreach, you know what I'm saying? So I started uh, going to the parks in different areas where the gangs and all that stuff, uh, people hung out in. And I just grabbed one guy and uh, his name was Carl. And I asked him, he, was, he just so happened to be one of the guys that was providing drugs for the community. So that was a God thing. So I asked him, "Did he know about Jesus?" And that was the first step into hosting a a men's Bible group with all the gang members in the community, about about thirty guys in a two-bedroom apartment. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of stem the uh, stem C. That was the the root of C24. And as I got to know them and their families, their children. You know, I started seeing more needs, like for the men is like job opportunity, education, stuff like that. And for the kids, education, spiritual growth, uh, 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 a need for like a healthy meal, you know what I'm saying, for them to be able to, able to function in school well. And just a, a numerous things that God just was revealing to me in me building relationships with the people in the community. So uh, C24, one of the things we pride ourselves on is relationship building. You know what I'm saying? It's absolutely important that we get to know the people, which is the very, very hard work and the core of our organization, to get to know people and get engaged in their life in a real way. I, I liken it to like a relationship with a friend. You know what I'm saying? You know what it takes to build a, a friendship, you know what I'm saying? To have a friendship to grow throughout the years, you know what I mean? And to benefit from that, both sides. And so, that's what we proud, once we get to know them as individuals, as families, we know how to serve them well once we build that build that relationship. So that's one of the things that uh, C24 pride itself on. Uh, our number one thing is Christ. You know what I'm saying? We want Christ to be preached and taught through everything we do. So through our after school program, our men's Bible study, women's Bible study group, uh from our um, what did I say after school program? Mm-hmm to our job development program, to community outreach, it's all uh, centered on Christ. You know what I'm saying? Getting to know God and his purpose for their lives. So I hope I answered your question.
1: (laughs) You did, and then some. And so, Natalie, how do you fit into this picture?
2: Oh, well, um, I moved into the neighborhood about uh, over a decade ago. Uh, Right when I graduated college, I felt a call on my life to um, you know, be a part of a, commu- a low income community. Um, and at the time I was working for another organization in our community and I was working in the development department. So I was in charge of writing newsletters. And so James was the first newsletter, uh, the first interview I did um, just because he he was just starting out his ministry to the uh, gang members. Um, and so that's how we met. And uh, we married a few years later. Um, and after we got married, you know, we were struggling uh he was still doing all of the all a lot of the C24 work but only bringing in about $500 a month we were living in a two bedroom apartment there was um at the time we had uh five kids those are my stepkids so we had seven of us living in a two bedroom apartment not bringing in a lot of money and we were like okay god like what do you have for us we need to be able to provide for our family um, but you have clearly called us to this community, and so that's when the idea of uh, starting a nonprofit organization came about. And so since then, um, I'm kind of the behind the scenes, the admin person, trying to figure out how to make his vision come to pass. So he's the heart. <laughs> I'm the, the I don't know. I, I don't know the everything else computer person. <laughs> I guess right.
1: And every everybody needs a good uh, you know second hand there of backup and support. So. Speaking of support, your organization offers a wide spectrum of support to people. How do you meet the various needs of the people in your community? And that includes many new residents. We have migrants arriving in Chicago. Um, And, you know, Chicago may not have been their destination, but they've been sent here by governors from other states. And we welcome these migrants into this wonderful city even if it's a struggle on how to take care of them right now. So what's happening with your organization and the the people that are in your community? Yeah,
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So as James was saying, um, our work is primarily on the very north side. We call it the Howard neighborhood. It's about a 10 block community. Um, And while the west and the south side get a lot of attention on the news, the north side struggles with just the same uh, violence, uh, drug addiction, gang activity, fatherless homes, poverty you know, we've we've seen murders, we've seen several shootings already this summer. And so that's our primary focus. Um, But since a lot of these migrants have been bused here to Chicago, um, I mean, if you're walking in our community, you'll see a a large amount of migrants sleeping in the police station um, in Rogers Park. And so we've been able to meet um, several of these families. Just, I mean, it's hard. There's obviously a language barrier there um but they've been coming to our pantry the pantry is one of the things that we do once a month um and hearing their stories is is just makes me stand in awe um you know of what their resilience what they've been through um one one young family it was a mom and a dad and their son was about 2 years old um they just arrived here last month they they walked here from venezuela it took them 2 months to get here um <clears throat> and they were they were bussed um then to get to chicago Um, And so those are the families on top of the neighborhood that we're already reaching. We're also getting an influx of migrants as well that come with really traumatic life stories. And you can imagine what their home life back in their home country was like if they're willing to risk. Um, you know their safety and everything to come here in in that kind of environment. So, um, along with the pantry, we also do with after school program that James was mentioning. We have about sixty students in our after school program from kindergarten to high school. We do a job development program and community outreach, which involves the pantry, our Bible studies, and just the discipleship that happens in in living in the community that we're doing ministry in. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. Are there opportunities for volunteers to help? And where can people find more information about your organization?
2: Yes, yes, yes. We would love more <laughs> uh, volunteers. So our website, um, you can check out our website. It's c247fam.org. And there's a Get Involved link and you can sign up the form. Um, and I'll get the information and connect with you, but we definitely need volunteers for our after-school program and, and tutoring. We need um, volunteers to help with our job development program, um, connecting our men and women with jobs. These men and women are are people that are on the streets um, that have been, you know, that are pretty good at what they do in, in owning their own <laughs> drug dealing business. So they have a good um, business mentality, but they're just putting it kind of in the wrong place right now. So we are trying to refocus their mentality and use it in a productive way. So, and we need to connect these men and women with um, you know good paying jobs that can take care of their families. Um, and we also need help stocking our shelves for the food pantry, which I know your church is going to be involved with uh, shortly. Uh, we need help providing meals for after school programs, snacks. Um, yeah, I think those are those are the main opportunities as of right now. But we would love. Um,
0: for you guys to get involved. Yeah. And I, I just want to add to that, like uh we 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 need uh to grow our donor base as well. You know what I'm saying? So like uh we can't do what we do without finances. So like our uh general operation budget, we want people to invest in that. And also that we we now uh own a 10,000 square foot lot. Uh we're working on a 7.7 7 million dollar building project to uh house and expand our programs. Uh, we're looking to expand our programs uh, to deal with alcohol and drug abuse, uh, parenting classes, and uh, just uh, mental health issues. So, uh, And yeah, we're trying to grow all the rest of our programs, our job development programs. More space to house more kids and our school program and stuff like that. So that's another way you can get involved. You can go on our website. You got a place to donate for the building fund and all that stuff. There. So if you want to invest in that way, that's another way to get involved. That's uh, dreaming
1: big there. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of need. So we're also just coming out of uh, three years of the pandemic. The public health emergency ended in in May. And um, this has just been a strange time, right, <laughs> um, for, for all of us. How much of an impact did the pandemic have or does it continue to have on the children and young adults in your area? Um, And you're the parents of nine children. You probably have some personal stories to tell as well. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm gonna let Natalie take on this too, but uh, I just think it it had a a catastrophic impact. People was uh, getting laid off, you know what I mean? Uh, Or getting sick and couldn't work. And then, you know what I'm saying? that I mean the our community already is uh, suffering with poverty and, and and struggling, you know what I'm saying, to make ends meet as it is. So it impacted our community uh, like, in, in a major way. And that's that's when the uh the idea of the food pantry came about. And to addition, to addition to that, you know what I'm saying, like as we was getting all these people coming in to get food, you know what I'm saying, they had, like, they were struggling paying rent, struggling paying light deals and stuff like that. So, like, C24 would assist them with rental assistance, you know what I'm saying, and uh, uh, utilities, you know what I'm saying, just to help them, you know what I'm saying, make it through. And uh, it's just, it, it, it's been great in the sense of, uh, our community coming together, our partners coming together and making all that happen. Like we couldn't have did it without all the churches and all the volunteers that invested their time and energy and finances into making that happen. You know, so like, uh, yeah, so like we, we actually think that we was, we was put there for such a time, you know what I mean, to help people, you know what I'm saying, navigate through the pandemic. So uh, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah, that's that's my input.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, like you said, as we're growing this organization, we're also growing our family, and so it did impact us personally and our children having to stay home from school. Um, you know, struggling with mental health issues in our home as well as what's going on in the community. We saw um, a huge increase in the young teens. So, like, from I would say twelve to 16 that age group of young boys in our community um the amount that were getting involved in illegal activities at that age skyrocketed because they there was no rules there was no um not a ton of support at home so they're kind of on their own for those years where they weren't weren't going to school every day um and so that's one way that it impacted our community greatly is is just the increase of young kids getting um you know engaged in street activity um that that I don't know if it would have had such a um, traumatic, I guess, or big pull on them if we didn't go through that uh, time where we're quarantined in the home. So, like James said, it was it was also a neat thing to be able to expand our programs during that time and and reach a different population than we would have normally um, met and been in contact with.
1: Right, right. So you offer some programs and some structure that those kids might not have had otherwise.
0: Yes, and and we continued our program. We took significant uh, uh, changes. You know what I'm saying, like uh, air purification systems. You know what I'm saying, Uh, uh, checking their temperature when they're coming in, face masks. We put uh, like uh, dividing glasses up and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying. So those kids that were still willing to come and the parents willing to send their kids, we still hosted our after-school program. We had to change the days, shorten the hours and stuff like that. But they didn't have anything to get into but trouble. So we was just trying to soften the blow by still uh, providing our our resources and our programs to them, even though we was going through the pandemic, so yeah.
1: Wow, that's great that you're there to offer that help to your community as a whole so um have, we've covered a lot of topics here a lot of territory is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't talked about
0: i'm just excited for uh, the temple you north know, sand to get involved and i just know my my heart is like god's people doing the work that he called us to do and as the body of christ the whole body of christ the Christians all, all in uh, Illinois. I, I just feel like it's our responsibility and our calling by God, you know what I'm saying, to help support, you know what I'm saying, Christian organizations that's out doing, uh, being a hand and feast of Jesus. And you know what I'm saying, like uh, in the book of Corinthians, it talks about like uh, the, the I can't do it without the, the ears. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I'm saying? We all necessary in the call. And I just want the Holy Spirit to just, uh that for us as a church to be listened to the Holy Spirit and how he designed for us to be involved. So uh, no specific way, only the way that God uh only follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and then uh provides your resources or talent, skills, gifts or whatever, you know what I'm saying, as He leads you to do so. Mm-hmm. So if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I would just add that um there's no program that's gonna transform the community. It's all about relationships. So if yeah. folks are looking to get involved. Um, this is a long, long haul, you know, we're in it for years and years and years, you know, and so um, I would just say there's no quick fix to some of the things that we're seeing our, in our community, but it is about that one-on-one discipleship, and and if you can impact one person's life, if you can be there for one person, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a major a, win.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I just want to leave y'all with this story here. It's this guy that I've been a uh, mentor for, like, probably about seven to eight years. And this guy is what they call a shooter. You know what I'm saying? So he'd be the one to go down to opposition and he'll shoot a guy. And then, you know, somebody, uh, parents is, uh, mourning their child's death. And so just getting a hold of him, mentoring him, leading him to Jesus Christ. Like this guy was like three murders every year. Now think about that. You know what I'm saying? Now every year after that, you know what I'm saying? He, he gave his life to God that's, 36912, so like about four years, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, 36912, people, you know what I'm saying, Uh, and families, you know what I'm saying, didn't suffer from his hand, the violence, you know what I'm saying, that he inflicted on our community in the past. So just that one guy, you know what I'm saying? And also, that means that he's not on the street selling drugs and you know, what I mean, like it it makes it a huge impact, you know, what I mean, on um, communities, our community and communities around us. So like that's that's another way to think about that. That's, that's one.
1: one. That's a wonderful story uh, to end on. And what a difference changing one life can make. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Our thanks to James and Natalie Crockett, co-founders of C247 Fathers Arms Ministries for talking with us. I'm Jan Engmeyer, thanks for listening to this edition of The Temple Forum.
0: You've been listening to The Temple Forum from First United Methodist Church in Chicago. You can find more conversations like this online at chicagotemple.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again soon.